So I'm just going to check and make sure that I can uh, just get this sort of set up. Um, so I'm going to set this up here. And what we're going to do is we are going to wire in ba -ba -ba, headphones. Real quick. Okay, Amy, do you want to say something there? Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. Okay, listeners, can, can, you, hear, uh, can you hear Amy? Thank you so much for joining us for this, uh, Amy. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you very much for taking the time out to do this. Um, it's, Thank you. It's, it's staggering. And like we got in touch with you and you were very, very enthusiastic about this. And we're just delighted to have you on. Uh, just going to uh -huh. ch check here. Andrew is just wiring himself up as we speak. Uh, again, the perils of live radio. Hi, uh, Hi Andrew. <laughs> perfect. Um, so, yeah. So, first of all, just there's a bit of a local connection in terms of like as an Irish Twin Peaks sort of podcast that we're doing and as Irish Twin Peaks fan, you're you're an Irish actor, obviously, for uh, people mm -hmm. who may not know. And I actually remember you, I think I first saw you in Citadel. Would that have been Kieran Foy film from? Oh, yeah. From way back when. But I remember you. I went through your CV and you've been on a host of Irish films and TV shows. Like, so, for example, you're on Love Hate. You're a regular on the third season of Love Hate, as I recall. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so am I the first guest you've had on today? Uh, you're the first guest we've had on over Skype. Um, we've had Ooh. others in the room. I know this is the perils of doing this sort of live, but don't worry, we have the That's technology. Fine. Uh, but yeah, Who did you have in the room? Uh, we had a number of people. So we had, I don't know if you know the Camerino, uh, Camerino Bakery. Um, mm -hmm. They bake some cherry pies yeah. for us and they came in and talked they about... They are making cherry pies, yeah. Yeah, uh, we have actually photos that we sent out on the feed and stuff like that as well. Uh, oh, we, delicious. We had a couple of writers and stuff like that. But let's let's talk about you a little bit. Um, how did you come to work on, on Twin Peaks, actually? How did it sort of come about? How did you land the role of Candy? Well, the casting director, Joanna Ray, she came to London years and years and years ago, uh, before Citadel even. Um, and she had seen a screen test that I had done for another movie for Randall Wallace, who wrote Braveheart. And he was making another movie and I'd screen tested for it. And the film never ended up getting made. And some years later, Joe Ray saw the screen test because she was maybe going to take over. They were going to make it again. And then it didn't happen again. But she saw the screen test and... She wanted to meet with me, so she rang my agent out of the blue and just said, oh, really want to meet with this actress that you represent, and, you know, so I ended up meeting with her in London just for a general, for a chat, and she said that she thought that David and I would connect, um, would click, and she really felt that she could see me in some of something he was working on at some point. She had, They didn't know they were making Twin Peaks at the time. It was just a she just does that for him. She's cast everything he's made, I believe. And that's how she, it's like what she did with Naomi Watts and other people for his movies. She, she will bring them along and he meets with them and then he kind of creates parts. So I uh, I met with her and then, you know, she said, anytime you come to America, let me know. So I didn't move to America for a long time after that because I had different commitments in the UK. And then when I did, I called her and I said, hey, Joe, I've, I've moved to America. Do you want to hang out? So we ended up hanging out and um and she's one and of the, the, the the big kind of true lions as well on 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 Twin Peaks. I know I know you said it's like she she's always worked with David Lynch. No, yeah, she cast and, and she she's a, a executive producer on this as well, I think. Yes. Yeah. Um so yeah, no, and 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 and, and then so 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 you met with her and 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 then what happened? 
Well, she became my my mentor. You know, I moved to LA and I actually ended up living with her for a while. She's incredible. And that's how she kind of picks people that she puts in films. Like she'll just, you know, she'll find talent. She's a very old school casting director. There's so few people like her mm. anymore, I believe. She's incredible. So she'll have an idea of what, in her head of what she thinks of you and then she you know she kind of showed me around town it's like being a show pony she showed me around town and met some people but she definitely knew from the start she she knew that David and I would work well together and then you know she introduced me to him at the premiere he had the uh remember the the cut scenes from the original show he fashioned them into a movie I met him at that yeah do you start to have ideas then about what you kind of um uh think you could or do you just kind of spe- spend spend time um just w- with uh with with joe and, and and with david and he kind of figures it out but do you do is it something that you have in your head about kind of what 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 uh, are you wondering at that point i wonder what sort of character i'm going to be yeah i mean okay so the process was then they knew that they were going to make the show and they were talking about it and uh, there was a script. But you say there's a script, but it's, it's loose because really I think the script is in David's head. And yeah. I think most of the time, it, a lot of the, not most of the time, but a lot of the time the script will just happen on the day. He'll decide a thing. So there was a script. Um, she would talk to him about the different parts. There, there's only the heads of department are allowed to read the script and you have to go up to his house and read it. So I never would have seen the full script. Only Joe and like the heads of all the other departments would get to see it so that they could do their jobs as efficiently as possible. Right. So she'll look at it and then she'll say, okay, well, there's this candy girl. I think Amy's perfect for that. And what she'll do is she'll put you on camera and just interview you, ask you random questions. Could be anything just about your life. You know, it's, it's nothing to do with the show. Um, she'll do that. And then he watches it. And I think, as much as there's so a bit in the script about that character, for example, Candy, that he'll look at me uh, being interviewed and he almost finds an essence of you, like the actual uh, me as Amy, and he'll expand on that, I think, and put it into the character. And so then you're given your scenes. And I think with Candy, I realized there was so little on the page that I, I decided, okay, well, I'm just going to scream with my body language with this one. So I made her very physical. And then I think when you see the costume that I was given on the hair, like the universe that it took to make that character, yeah. I I take from that. Because David's direction was, she's dumb as a brick, but cute as a button with it. And that was kind of it. That, and then I had four months of chewing over that before I actually filmed, I think. And it's, 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 I'd seen, it's you know, I did costume... Pardon? Oh, it's, it's it's an incredibly funny performance. Like like how, how like how 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 much of that was kind of I, I I suppose on on the page or or was that something that just kind of came with the that was improvised? Yeah. I mean, the dialogue is on the page, and he said, you know, her being dumb as brick and and that, but cute. I didn't want to make her dumb though. I actually think the opposite of it. I think you can think that she is, but she's actually seen it all. So yeah. I think, you know, her slow reaction to things, for, in my mind, is a, coming from a place of gratitude. And you see, a lot of it is, for me, is backstory in my head. David doesn't do backstories. He just lets you pick, you know, do whatever you want, whatever you want to bring to the performance. Right. Um, he's very specific sometimes on things that he wants, for sure. But I think he's also great at just letting you 
just do things like for example I think the first I'm not sure if it's the first or the second time you see me for example I'm doing something with my hand I'm doing like a mime move like for example those kinds of things were me I decided to just do and like any other film they wouldn't necessarily leave that in there but with him he just he lets those things happen and he just he ended up focusing on it for a while it was really someone else's scene I'm a bit of a kind of grabbed that attention there but I didn't mean to I'm just in my own world doing my stuff and works out like that and then you know there was an accident on set as well on my second day with Robert Nepper who plays one of the Mission Brothers this is the thing with the light and the the sort of the scar on the cheek yes so he the, yeah the light fell light fixture fell on his face and I didn't know about this and I because you're never there when you're not in a scene you don't go in so they'd been shooting their stuff in the morning and then I came in and I noticed that David Lynch is standing there dressed in Nepper's costume and there's no Nepper. And it took me a second to kind of even register that because I was like, oh, oh, we're just, we're going now? Because I got my direction. I was like, but where's Robert? And then someone mentioned to me that Robert's been rushed to hospital to have this thing. And David just was his stand-in. So I'm like delivering my lines to him my second day. The candy, can you... uh, can you can you make tears? Can you cry? And I was like, yeah, no problem. I said, okay, because I have an idea for you for tomorrow. He's like, uh, okay. So um, he wrote new scenes because he needed to explain this cut on Robert's cheek. So the next day then became the fly scene that we shot. Um, you know, we Which came in remote, and he just yeah. yeah, the remote control and the fly slotting scene. So we. We ended up shooting that the next day, which was great because it ended up being my most fun scene and one of the most memorable scenes that we shot. And uh, and that so that became a whole different part of my character too. It, that explained an abundance. I was about to say because I've read some interviews with you where you talk about your process as Candy and like one of the things about Lynch when you read interviews with his actors is that they tend to get like abstract directions from from him in terms of we were talking earlier about like Jim Belushi being told your character is somebody who knows exactly how he likes his cereal. That's his defining. Right. He, he knows how much cream he wants in his coffee, that sort of thing. Um and in terms of candy and stuff like that, I know you did a lot of work yourself in terms of coming up with like a backstory or kind of explaining who she was, which was kind of interesting because I think you had a sort of a take on her in terms of like where she came from and why she was with the Mitchum brothers. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. And I think for me, it was so cool because when I watched the show, uh, I, that's the first time, say, for example, when I leave the room and I go downstairs to get um, Tom Sizemore. And you hear the Mitchum brothers have a little argument. And he says, she has nowhere else to go. And Belushi says that. And I, I teared up when I watched it and saw that because I realized, you know, I hadn't, I didn't know that was in the script. And in my mind, that was true. I'd, I'd formulated that in my head too from the backstory that I'd created and how I wanted her to feel. And it just, yeah, it just made sense to me. And then... Yeah, I suppose that that kind of then tie, tie, ties into the, the 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 scene when you do cry because because you 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 you, mm-hmm. you can't mess up um, uh, uh, with them or at least that is kind of like the way you feel. Now they're they're actually kind of like these kind of sympathetic characters, but for you as 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 Candy, you're I suppose in fear. I guess. I'm I'm which. 
Did, did, is is it is it is it is it that you're kind of like in fear of being kind of oh, in fear. Uh, tr- uh, thrown out and not having anywhere no. to? I mean, it's interesting that you took it that way. Like, it's open to interpretation. It's what you want to think. For me, in my head, though, no, she wasn't in fear of being thrown out. I think she just felt so bad because she loves them so much. Okay. They mean so much to her. So I think she just felt so guilty. I mean, if you've ever, if you have a dog or something, imagine if you'd like hurt your dog, you stood on his foot or something and he's and he's in pain. You just feel so bad. You don't think the dog is going to throw you out. You just feel so guilty for hurting the little thing. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's, that's kind of, that, that, that is a little bit how it felt. Is it, it mm-hmm. that, that 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 kind of like when yeah when 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 you when you when you when you uh, accidentally step on step on a dog's paw and there's a little yelp, like yeah yeah. But so but for in their case it was more extreme. The dog was not just yelping, but um he was gonna have to be cut open <laughs> and heal. So you know she was gonna have to watch the healing process for months to come. She just felt so bad because they looked after her and now you know she has to yeah she just feels bad about it there's something interesting actually we've got a little chat group going here and we've got like feeds oh, yeah? and pe- people are really excited about this and a lot of, lot of love on here oh, which yeah. is great which we're going to talk oh. about in a moment but like uh, one of our listeners has, has observed that there's a real purity to the relationship between Candy and obviously the other two girls as well but Candy in, in particular uh, and the Mitchums yeah. and there's something very oddly yeah. wholesome despite the fact that they're you know kind of like Las Vegas gangsters who at one point are going to drop Dougie in the desert um, but there's this sort of like old fashioned kind of like and again it's very lynchy Lynchian sort of like 50s wholesomeness to it how did yeah. that sort of feel to play it like was there an interesting push and pull there was there ever a sense of darkness or was it like as you talked a very what did it feel pure as you were doing it yeah it really did it's he he really leaned into the he, um the maternal aspect of a friendship the platonic friendship there i feel he did actually say to me before as well he said you know you look after these guys but there's no darkness in it there's no badness in it you know like she just loves them she really cares for them and um for me it's been described as a desexualized sexualized character which i really relate to in that because you know you think showgirl you think the the silly little outfits and people have these preconceived ideas of who showgirls are or strippers or dancers or whatever I think there's that other saying, what is it, the um, the hooker with the heart of gold or whatever, but it is true, like, she's just a person, like, I think we can easily put labels on people and mm. call them things, assume things and stereotypes. I hope that I'm a person who never does that with people, like, I have friends of all ages and all statuses and, yeah, I don't know, I I feel with Candy, she's the same, like, she's just a person who appreciates everything she really does so i think she's just got this wide-eyed thing going on where she just is so grateful and see almost seeing everything for the first time There's that and i feel i tried to bring an element of my mother into that as well because my mom is someone who just appreciates everything she appreciates the smallest of gestures to the biggest of gestures with equality and i think that is so refreshing i've never met someone as grateful as my mom is and i think Candy is that kind of a person, and if you, I hope if you'd watch it again, that you would really see it, that she's just seeing everything new, yeah. and, and it's so appreciative of little things like traffic, of sandwiches, of, of air conditioning. <laughs> small things. 
air and who doesn't love a finger sandwich? I mean, I adore them. I've always made finger sandwiches. <laughs> I think they're just great and they're not as appreciated as they could be. Yeah. And as as well as that real great generosity she had, sorry, as, as well as that great gratitude, there's also a huge kind of generosity too. The way, Absolutely. The way they arrive um, at the hospital and then at the house, like... Um, mm-hmm. um, um, uh, Candy and 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 the Mitchum brothers like manna from heaven, and the mm-hmm. uh, and the the re- realization that everybody has like um about about how decent the, uh the, the these people are, how kind. Yeah, absolutely, and I think it's also that reminds me of a, an Irish culture, though I think like bringing sandwiches to things and and that, and making sure everyone is looked after and everyone is okay. I've never experienced that. It's I mean, like, I just find when I go home, I notice that it's something my mum will always do. She'll always make a cup of tea and a sandwich if someone comes in. And, and weirdly, I do it. I had an incident recently with an Uber where he drove onto my friend's lawn when I was going up there and tore up the lawn and got stuck. I ended up having to call him a triple um, A to come and tow him away. But in the in the interim, while we were waiting, I made him a cup of tea and a grilled cheese sandwich because it was a freezing cold night and we just we were waiting for the tow truck to come and he thinks that's he's he's from south korea and he's the driver and he thought it was bonkers but he loved it and my friend i think thought i was bonkers maybe um but to me that's just normal i feel like that's what most irish people would do you know it's the worker like you feed the worker if someone comes to repair your washing machine or something you make them a cup of tea and a sandwich if they want it like maybe that's antiquated and it's not what people do anymore but i've grown up with that yeah, I, I think me too. Kind of, and and ha- having as well everybody in the house kind of wanting to help. So I I remember my yeah. aunts always fighting over who would do the dishes, <laughs> like kind of leave. Oh well, that, your aunt can come to my house anytime. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think um, think anyone's fighting def- over doing dishes it's there. Def- yeah. It's definitely a very uh, a very Irish thing, though. This kind of like wanting yeah. to kind of like look after people. Um, yeah, so I feel that that was something that came very naturally to me to put that into a character for sure. We've been asked actually online to ask about your friendship with uh, Christabel um, and how that came about. Uh, you're apparently great together. It's, it's... <laughs> yes, what are the feedbacks we're getting? Yeah, people call me the sister bell. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Oh my God, we have such a, a romance. I love her dearly. She's she's everything that she is in the show it's so funny because i think people would think that she was putting it on that's her i mean i was wondering that i was just like yeah i wonder what she's like in real life was was something that i thought when i was watching but 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 that's her is, is, yeah is, is i mean what yeah sorry i am not equipped with the vocabulary to describe her awesomeness i mean she is awesome in the truest sense of the word i mean her grasp of the english language and how she forms a sentence just i just want to record everything she says and does i hope i know i asked her if she could come on and talk to you guys today i know she's desperately trying to make that happen she's i think she's in texas at the minute um because i think more people need to hear her voice and her creativity we just instantly hit it off. We met one of the days, I think the day we met was probably the group scene in episode 7 to 16 um, with the, the big group episode. Uh, we met in the tray, I think in makeup for that. She was having an extensive chat with David and I think I just said hello and then we met again in the car lot. And uh, then we 
we'd have no scenes together other than that, but we would meet at different events and then we just, we just completely fell in love with each other and we're just great, great pals and we are in contact a lot and we've really enjoyed this journey together. Um, I think we're actually going to sing together later this year and we're looking to create more things together because we just get each other's way. We're, we're so, so, so different. And I think that's great. We can put our creativity together and hope something fun comes from it. And we're very similar in that we just create things for ourselves and for friends and whoever else wants to listen. It's a bonus. I wanted to ask about a couple of things there because I know you've, you've worked on a number of projects as well, but you mentioned there like the group sequence at the end of or at episode 17 where everything sort of comes together and it's you and the Mitchum brothers and you're in Twin Peaks. How did it feel as somebody who's like relatively new to sort of like the Twin Peaks family? I mean, we talked a little bit um, last night and you described yourself as a fan of the show. I think you watched it first yeah. on Cowboys and Angels, I think when you're making Cowboys and Angels. But we... Mm, just shortly after, yeah. Yeah, but you, you were talking about how you're a fan of the show and how being there was sort of strange. How did it feel being like a new character, new to this world, somebody who was only introduced in The Return and sort of being very much a part of the family, being embraced by... Like people love Candy and people love the Mitchum brothers. And you're now arguably as much a part of Twin Peaks as the Hurleys or Norma or any of the other supporting characters. <laughs> what was that like? What? How does it feel to be part of that? It's a gift, a blessing. It's all of the things I can't stand seeing people hashtag on Twitter, but it truly is <laughs> a beautiful thing. <laughs> I can't quite believe it sometimes. And it's a gift that keeps on giving. Like people are still talking about this all the time. This show, it's mind-blowing to me. And the people in Twin Peaks themselves are so lovely. David and Joe really know how to create a kind, friendly environment to work in. We call the original cast members the OGs and the crew. They're unbelievably welcoming you know, they're they're as excited and nervous as we are. And I'll never forget that day when we were shooting that because, you know, most of the days I was in, you might see some of the originals. Like, uh, you know, I would see Kyle a lot because he's in so many, I'm in so many of his episodes, his scenes. But that day in particular, I walked onto the trailer and it was packed. I wanted to make up on it and it was assy jammers. And there was, um, you know, there was Kyle, there was James, there was Dana Ashbrook. There were so many of them. And they were all, it was their first day, I believe, or at least the first time seeing each other in many years. And it was hilarious. I mean, everyone was just getting on so well. I think it might have been the week of St. Patrick's as well. It was St. Patrick's week, actually. And because uh, I printed up all these little cards with a little um, St. Patty's Day thing and a wish and a blessing kind of on it. And everybody, I gave them to everyone and, and signed them in. I wonder if we still have some of those. Uh, they really liked it. It was fun. And um, I remember just seeing them all thinking, God, this is so crazy. And it was a day I wasn't even supposed to be in. It was, again, another impromptu scene that wasn't in the script, I believe. I definitely didn't see a script for this. And they'd been. Sh- it, was, it took three days, I think, to shoot. And I came in on day two of that. I remember they were shooting us. I didn't even see the room. I didn't know what it was that I was walking into. I did not know they had recreated the sheriff's office. I had no clue who's in the room even. I'd seen some of them on the makeup trailer, but I didn't, for example, I hadn't seen that Laura Dern was there. I hadn't seen that Jake was there. There was so many people I didn't know were there. Um, And I remember they'd shot 
as I said, day one, and they were had done a couple of takes in the morning, and then, you know, they said, okay, so now Candy and and the Mitchums will be coming in, and we're waiting in the hallway, and then I look around, and I'm like, wait a second, is David David Lynch is here? Is not he's wait he's dressed, and so he was dressed as Gordon, and um I hadn't seen him in costume for that either, and so he's standing there, uh, with Christabel and um, a few others, uh. Ferrer was there. This is just a bunch of people are waiting because they walk in before us. And I still don't know what we're walking into. And <laughs> this is for the rehearsals. So they went in and they did the thing. And he's like, okay, and then Candy and the Mitchums. And the Mitchums come in. And that's why, because the Mitchums go in. And then we are the last people to come into the room, myself and the squad. Thank God we made so many sandwiches. <laughs> right? Yeah, and at this point, I don't even know that I've got a line. I walk in. And he places us and he says, and then Candy says her line. And I'm like, the, the, what, the line? <laughs> and I'm looking around going, there is about 20 people in this room and so many of the original characters. And have I met these people yet? Or do I just know these people from the telly box? <laughs> I wasn't quite sure. And then we got our, he told us where to go. And then we didn't stop in, in his mind where we'd wanted us, where he wanted us to stop. He just said, go into the room. We start walking in and then he's just like, screaming at us like, ah! I'm like, ah, <laughs> so much trouble. Why am I in trouble? And then he says, and then Candy says her line, and I'm like, what, what, what line? And I'm thinking, oh God, am I just a terrible actress? Have I not looked at my script? What am I doing? I'm, ah, and all of these panics, like it's like that moment before you die. I think where you just start having flashes of your entire life before your eyes. In this case, like my entire career, my training, everything. I'm like, have I just messed up everything? And he says, oh yeah, um, I think. Uh, Corey, his, the line producer, was uh, was there, and she was like, "No, she doesn't know her line." So David came over and he goes, "Oh yeah, you're gonna say, you know, thank God I bought him this many sandwiches, whatever I say." And I'm like, oh, "Okay, okay." And then you start doubting your ability to remember a sentence. Like, <laughs> oh God, I want to read it. I would. Ah. Um, and you did. You you're not gonna get a pen, paper, and write that thing down. It's not like I have a pocket in my costume and. It's just one sentence, but the pressure is on because I have that huge tray as well. And Could have arranged the finger sandwiches to spell it out, maybe. <laughs> just well, yeah, <laughs> exactly right. Good idea. But I know that I have to hit a mark. You know, we all have our marks to hit. And, you know, usually you can see that in your peripheral vision. And there's no hope that I'm going to get that mark on my peripheral vision because I have if you might have noticed, it's possibly the biggest tray that has ever been made. I mean, I think it's Guinness Book of Records tray. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and the pressure is so intense because look at the lineup behind me and I have to do it it's because you know you're carefully instructed where to stand in order to not block anyone behind you I'm not sure if they used the take but I came in I think on the first take I came in and I totally didn't hit my mark and I believe Robert Nepper was the only one who was blocked he's like my best friend on the show I mean I could not love Robert Nepper more he's so much fun he and his wife are just two of my closest people now and he was standing behind me. He kind of craned his neck to find the camera. The old, <laughs> the old lush of a thespian that he is. He always finds his camera, always finds his light. And afterwards, he was like, you get the black baby. And we had this, like, you know, started teasing me and giving out to me for, like, blocking him. And I felt so bad that he's the only person I blocked. And in this moment, I can't even laugh at anything because the pressure of not blocking any of these incredible artists behind me. And, of course, David... David didn't realize it was me missing my mark. He actually corrected Robert. 
<laughs> and then I was thinking, oh god, no, no, it was my fault. It was my fault. Uh, the whole the whole thing was was hilarious. It was just uh, a tray that missed its mark. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, blame it all on the tray. <laughs> yeah. We got to take it again, but I, the pressure was just on because all of these people have been filming for a day and a half already. And then I'm one of the newest people here. You've got so many of the OGs there and you've got, you know, Robert Nepper and you have um, Miguel Ferrer and Jim Belushi, like these people who've really earned their stripes. And then this newbies coming in and just blocking them all, this massive trades. Bad enough that I have such a crazy costume hair and, and things. It's like, I don't want to steal your scene. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know I, I definitely met, got it the next time because it's not like you even have a chance to really play around in the room and and count the steps even you know it's just it was just one of those silly mundane hit your mark things i can't i can't imagine what it must be like to could it, um it, to 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 work with 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 Miguel Ferrer. Well, like the um, who I I'm, long time like, podcast I, listeners will know that Andrew is a huge fan of RoboCop and many many other of Miguel Ferrer's films as well. Oh, love RoboCop! Exactly, and and the, just um, like uh, so I have a real kind of fondness for him and for his character in this. I I think oh. one one of one of for. Uh, one of my favorite moments in Twin Peaks is 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 is, is are, are 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 the are the, are the moments when he when he shows up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, in the first seasons where he sort of like hugs Sheriff Truman because yeah, and tells tells him he loves him. Um, oh yeah. But um, I'm so curious. What you you um um you have a scene as well with 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 Brett Gelman. Um, in... oh, who was my neighbor at the time? Oh, really? So funny. I would see him on the street all the time. He and his wife and his dog. His dog, Janet, was so cute. And we would, um, I, you know, I'd always talk to them. And you don't, you weren't allowed to tell anyone you were doing this show. Right. So you wouldn't, he and I didn't even know each other were in this show until we met on set. And I was like, oh my God. That is incredible. That was <laughs> I love Brett. such a surreal experience when you're talking to each other each day, but not not saying it. It's <laughs> like, oh, you know about this thing too. Yeah. When, mm-hmm. when you eventually meet on set. Cause yeah no I I I um because I'm a big fan of his comedy. Um, so, He's wonderful. Yeah. There's a, sorry, I'm eating um, a protein bar here. No. I was about to say listeners are speculating uh, as to what it might be. They're very sort of uh, wondering whether or not we, myself and Andrew, are still eating the cherry pies. <laughs> yeah. We, oh my god. We, we just ate so many. Oh, actually, uh, you're on video call, pies. so do you want to see the cherry pies? Um, oh yeah, let me see the cherry pies. The I'm actually feed. have a penchant for donuts myself. Oh. Any of our get-togethers, I always bring a donut. Oh, that is beautiful. Oh, no, oh no, wow, no, I love that. A selection. Um, Ooh, I think the first one. I prefer the first one, but the oh, second one looks more like a twin peaks pie. The first one is like the Agent Cooper and it's delicious. They're all delicious. There are a further two more. <laughs> wow. If, if, if you'd like to see them. Yeah. Um, they are. The, yeah. Rather than sort of bring them around. Yeah. But, show me. Keep them coming. Keep, okay. We're, we're going to keep going. But just um, in terms of your work on Twin Peaks, is it true that you improvise the entirety of your speech to Tom Sizemore uh, in that sequence yeah. where you're on television and the Mitchum brothers are watching you and what you're talking about and you're talking about air conditioners? Did you, do you improvise yeah. for a full five minutes? Four minutes, yeah. <laughs> How did you improvise for four minutes on air conditioning? That's amazing. I mean, she was talking about the version yeah. layer too. There's a lot of things that she was yeah. talking about. Which is great. Um, but yeah, um, in terms of other stuff, because I've, I've noticed you're actually working with, uh, or you've worked with, I imagine, I don't know whether the filming is complete, I assume it is, with uh, Dwayne Dunham um, on The Happy Worker. 
Uh, which oh is... my gosh, how funny. I, I just happen to have the Happy Worker merchandise. <laughs> Hold on, let, let's just uh, take a screen grab of that. We're going we're gonna to maximize and take a screen grab of it. Two seconds here. <laughs> you actually have like sort of a... Um, I actually have my other one with me too. I had to, I'm I'm at the David Lynch Foundation right now actually because I was doing a group meditation this morning. Oh, oh wow! And it's <laughs> a really small. Could be more David Lynch today. I mean, it's a bit it's a bit creepy. I'm turning into a creepy fan, creepy stalker. Um, so yeah, that was incredible. Oh my god, I'm so excited for you guys to see this movie. I cannot wait, 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 wait to see it. It's just oh. It was a dream. It was another dream come true because, again, came out of nowhere. You know, Joe just rings me, Amy, I've written you a part in this, in the movie. Because I hadn't heard from, hadn't heard about it. I knew she was casting it. And I know Dwayne had said that he wanted me to be in the movie. But nothing was said again. And I didn't want to say to her, uh, yeah, Joe, you know, about that movie. That, that was thing you mentioned, like, yeah. We're going to be in there because, you know, don't want to do that. A bit tacky. But I was, like, thinking about it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's like that thing yeah. you can't talk about with that person you can't talk about it with. It's just subtext. Yeah. Just, like, waiting outside Dwayne's house every day and stuff. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, so, and then, so that happened. It was like, oh, So that was awesome. And then I got the script. I didn't know what, what to, you know. And actually, weird, I'd had a friend who'd auditioned for a part in it. And I had done his audition tape with him. So I'd, I'd seen his scenes that he was auditioning for. And I was like, this is trippy. I mean, it's it's a trip. It's just, you know. It's allegorical. Left of center, crazy. Is it a Western? What is it? It's a, it's a timeless piece. It's this. It's just a, a nuts here fairy tale. Yeah, here it's being described as a fairy tale about people digging in a desert. Um, and then somebody questions why they're digging in a desert. Is as far mm-hmm. as that's as much as I know of it. And it's got a great cast as well. You've worked with Thomas Hayden Church's headlining, but Colin Meany, I think, is in there as well with you for another yeah, Irish connection. Yeah, a bunch connection. of scenes with Colin Meany. My first day, I was in with Colin immediately. He is a hoot. I'm just, I'm mad about him. He's just, he and his wife are the best banter. They're just really good crack. Um, <laughs> He was really, really wonderful to work with. I mean, the chemistry, amazing. He just gives you so much. He's wonderful. I'd love to work with him again. He give, he's, he's like Robert Nepper in that respect. He just gives you so much. Yeah. And Josh Whitehouse is in it, who's wonderful. He's killing it. He's the lead. Um, he's like the Burberry model, but he's also in the spinoff of Game of Thrones and Naomi Watts. And he's just... I, every time I turn on Instagram, Josh Whitehouse is... is in another movie or another TV series. Like, the guy's killing it. Perfect. Um, we actually have is- Owen Reese Davies is uh, ready to join us, actually, I think. Oh, if- Owen, my little Welsh. <laughs> if, <laughs> <My I> can- <laughs> if I can manage this now without screwing up. Oh, there. Hold on. Oh. I have got that right. Um, again, the perils of doing live radio. We had a question, actually, just while I'm setting this up and while I'm trying to yeah. dial him in. Um, do we know, have a rough idea of when that's being released or when people will be able to see The Happy Worker? Because there's actually a lot um, of... Uh... I think it, it, I may or may not be premiering at the Cannes Film Festival. Um, with all things David Lynch. Um, David's producing it. Um, then that would be, I think that was the goal at one point. I don't really know, but it's, yeah, it should be out this year. It's in the edit still, which is great because 
clearly Dwayne Dunham must be one of the best editors in the world. I mean, he's worked on the original Star Wars movies. He's direct. He's you know he directed episodes of the original Twin Peaks as well. He directed he did, yeah. the next season, didn't he? And he's just so wonderful. And this character, I'm excited for you guys to meet this character again. It's a wacky, different type of character to the other characters in the film. I'm kind of playing an Oracle type character, which is really cool. Extremely different to Candy, but again, you know, costumes, hair, makeup, things very different to everyone else's characters. So that was really fun. And I love her message. I love the, the overall message of the movie is so wonderful. Perfect. Do you have um, one? Hold on. Do we have, do we have Owen? No. Do we have you on the Owen? phone? Owen. Oh, sorry. Perfect. Okay, so we're currently trying to dial him in, I believe. Uh, he'll he'll come across when he when he's on the call. Thank you very much for setting this up. By the way, we should point out that Amy's been absolutely phenomenal in terms of like roping people into to coming on to talk about Twin Peaks with us. Thank oh, you so no so at much. All. I literally just texted <laughs> a few of them and just said, "Hey, do you want to do this?" Like it's not you know. I think it's a really wonderful cause. I think you guys are incredible for doing this. Um, really really appreciate. It. Oh, oh, Ian Reese Davies has joined. I believe. Bonjour. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. We can hear you. Can our listeners hear you? Is the question. Oh, hello. Hello. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. And good night. Hi. That was Hi. a very that brief cameo appearance. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. How are things? Oh, absolutely great. You know, it's it's sunny finally in LA. I know that's a thing not to uh, to um, I don't know talk about because uh, the past few weeks. And Amy can contest this. Has been raining, and it feels like Wales. And the reason <laughs> I'm Wales is the fact that it's been raining for my entire life, as it is in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been raining in LA for four years now. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Short story. You know, long story short, I'm happy. So great. <laughs> happy day. And you look fantastic. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> listeners can't listeners can't see Owen at the moment, but yes, we can confirm that he does indeed look fantastic. Um, thank yes. you very <laughs> listeners, you're missing out on that ginger. I've taken off my dad's suit. I'm wearing I'm wearing well fitted clothing finally in once in my life. <laughs> we'll, uh, that is actually we'll... a really nice sweater. I like this sweater. We'll thank sort you. of thank we'll... you. We'll Skype out pictures, actually. We'll just take a screenshot for a moment. I'm pretty sure it's not creepy at all if we do that. But thank <laughs> thank you very much for, for joining us. Uh we sort of we've been asking sort of Amy and she's been talking a little bit about her process and about working on the show and stuff like that. How did you come to, to work on the return as well? Like as as somebody who's like a new addition to the cast, what was the process like? Um, um well, I mean, first of all, well, partly Amy is made the first initial introduction to Joanna Ray. Um, and it was just a hap meeting. And and luckily Joanna Ray saw something in me that she thought would um, would go mix well within the, the Twin Peaks world. And so she brought me in for the interview. Um, and I've always, thank, Amy and I have been friends for over five years now, and I will forever thank her for that introduction. <laughs> um, well, I was like, I was, I was slipping his headshot and resume underneath Joe's eyes for a long time I was like you have to meet this guy he's amazing he's amazing he's amazing he is <laughs> yeah. and Owen is just this incredible incredible talent he's a wonderful oh, actor thanks. dancer singer 
But you are, and you're so unique. And, and Listeners cannot and just... see, but there is blushing going on. <laughs> yeah. He's, like pretty, he, he's, he's so good, he can put on a blush. You know, but he was, and I, and I kept saying it to Joe, and then she met him, and she's like, oh, my God, she just fell in love with him immediately. And then, you know, every now and then I would, because uh, she was so busy, and there was, you know, over 200 people as a cast, and every now and then I would just kind of get his CV and his headshot and kind of slip it onto her desk again and just remind her and talk about it i don't know i just had this thing i just really wanted him to be there and then it was so cool because we got to work together on your first day didn't we yeah but um and as always with and anybody will will agree with this it's like when i first had a meeting with joanna i didn't know it was for twin peaks it was for a project <laughs> yeah. um and, and did you really I, not guess i don't i generally didn't i generally look when somebody <laughs> tells me oh you're up for a project it hasn't got a title yet i believe it's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, because there's so many untitled projects going on. You're like, okay. Yeah. Um, and there was no script. And I was like, oh, maybe it's kind of experimental. Or we need to improvise and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, I'm down for that. And it wasn't until like the final, the final stage of casting was when we signed an NDA, which is the most intense NDA going. <laughs> and so, it is. Um, and that I realized what the project was. Um, and then six months later, I found out I was in it. And I literally almost crashed the car. <laughs> yeah. You shouldn't be yeah. texting while driving, Owen. I wasn't texting. I took the call on my hand. <laughs> yes, it's very important. Yes. And I had to pull over uh, into the, the bank, uh, yeah, garage, whatever thingy. <laughs> the bank garage. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sensing a lie here. There's too many, Absolutely. too many. <laughs> no, I never know what like park. You know, like the Americanisms now, and I'm trying to like remember what the what my, what my Welsh language. Does everybody understands British now? Yeah. Not here, okay. so that's why I'm not lying. I'm uh, just adjusting my language. Sure. <laughs> yeah, the bank garage. It was it was a city bank. Something like it was either an inside garage. I can't remember. I almost crashed the car. Perhaps I actually did, and this is all a dream. And I'm actually dead. Oh, okay. It is a dream. A fantasy. Life is a dream. I love your cherry-coloured um, things behind you there. The curtains matching oh, yeah. the cherry pie. Yeah, the guys are showing. It's like the dark lodge. Yeah. It is. It is. I, again, I think I live in a fantasy world. Um, <laughs> this isn't real, or I'm talking beyond some other realm mm -hmm. no I'm not wearing any of the cherry but cherry pie actually fun fact cherry pie mm -hmm. is my birthday falls on the national cherry pie day what February 20th oh I've just given away my birthday <laughs> uh, it's, it's national there. cherry pie day so what? if that wasn't meant to be I don't know what is yeah we we we, we we had a we we were telling Amy we had a, a a baker come along early earlier on and bring us four cherry pies. They're all kind of uh, we we we've shown Amy, but you can see oh, one yes. of them That's there. The one I see that now. I need now I need cherry pie. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I think I we we've 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 a, a, a lot of hungry listeners. Oh, and we have another guest. Hello, Charlene. Hi. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, go, go back and make room for the, for the main man again. Oh, no. <laughs> is this is Charlene that's coming in. This is, uh... this, this is uh, Sh Charlene. Do you, do you want to hold, hold on one second? I'm gonna get Charlene to sit, to sit where I was. Okay, perfect. 
perfect. So no, um, so in terms of uh, working on the show, um, you have a number of like really great, like you you arrive quite late in the action. Um, yes. But you have a number of really, really great and memorable scenes. That's kind of it's amazing. One of the things I really like about the return is the fact that the new characters get as much space almost as the old characters to make an impression and to become sort of almost beloved. So you have like even in short amounts of time, you have a chance to get to know who these characters are and to have these wonderful moments with them. I watched it a couple of times. I watched it with Andrew um, as part of a binge coming up to this. And it was a joy watching those scenes with yourself in yeah. the FBI office in Nevada with, oh, the, the guy, <laughs> with the guy just screaming at you. What was it like being on set? Uh, and that, that's how, like, as soon as I saw you, I wanted to say, Wilson, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's not what we do in the FBI. Oh, like, literally... Every day was a bloody pleasure because also, like for me, um, as did Amy, was I had got to deal with a lightheartedness, which the first two seasons always had. Like there was always this um, dark undercurrent, lead, you know, throughout the the first and the second, and then obviously um, walk with me. Mm. Uh, Walk with me, but it was super light and walk with me. Which is super. You know, love at all. No spoilers. They uh, that in religion class to like the first the first class kids before they uh, have the communion, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and and so to to have these light moments was an absolute joy because every time you're on set, everybody was happy because there was as as you've seen the, the entire show, there are so many dark and weird and wonderful um, uh, mini stories going on and woven into one and and. To be a part of the lightness was was great. Like my first day was on set with with Amy, and she sort of like she saw how nervous I was. Um, and the first scene that I shot was um, when we're looking for um, uh, Kyle's character, and it was so hot on that day, and there were no umbrellas, obviously. And I am like the listeners can't see because this is live radio, but I am pale. As hell, like I am the <laughs> person alive. He's translucent. I'm translucent. blushing. And so, anything on set that was available was a parasol that was uh, not used for a different scene. And so there was me and amongst something like a 30, 40 piece crew and cast, and me the yellow parasol, and that sort of set the scene for the rest of my time. <laughs> Little oh, boy with a yellow parasol, uh, <laughs> and it felt I felt it gave license then for everyone to uh, make a joke of me in the nicest possible way from there on end. <laughs> yeah, and then David yeah. felt like it was okay to uh, really push the boundaries of uh, of the workplace comedic um, action that we had, especially in that scene uh, in the office. No, yes. it, was, it was it was amazing, and it it, it feel it felt like it kind of came at just the right time. This kind of like um, uh, shift of tone and some of the introduction of 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 some of the the, the really kind of like hilarious uh, performance by kids. By, <laughs> by, yeah, with, uh, oh, bless our family. Bless our family. They came in for one morning, and the only. <laughs> They didn't know what, what was going on. They were just like, we act normally. And they didn't know what was happening. Um, and, then, and, then he, and then the only direction was just to shout. And mine was, <laughs> hey. and I was like, yeah. 
And we all blessed them. Like the children started crying. Like that was natural. <laughs> <laughs> this is the end, guys. <laughs> With me, I was used to it. So, you know, I, I want no tears. No tears were shed on my end. But uh, yeah, running away was easy. <laughs> and you were stuck in a car for like 12 hours one of the days, too. Oh, what? A, yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Was this at the house, uh, was it? Um, it was out you know, when I was. Um, surveilling the house yeah. and I generally felt like I was surveilling the house because I was there <laughs> from the early hours in the morning to like almost nightfall and yeah that was an experience and a half the the gentleman in the car with me um liked to talk a lot <laughs> <laughs> and with obviously with David you have to be ready at any at any given point because he's setting so many cameras there were cranes there were this and so you had to be ready at any point. And this guy just kept on talking and talking. And, talking. and then at one point... Well, please uh, tell them what, how you, what you told Well, at one point, I, was, I said oh that I, I, I already planted some seeds to go, oh, they've been, they've been long days. And I'm very tired and, you know, we're traveling far. And so I, I've been known to sleep with my eyes open. So... If you feel that I'm unresponsive, I may have fallen asleep. <laughs> um, this is not true. Anyway. <laughs> but a silent moment to myself in this very heated car because I couldn't have the air conditioning on because it made too much noise. Oh my God. Uh, and yeah, so I pretended to fall asleep with my eyes open to avoid any further conversations about his cat. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was great. Uh, and then, and then, luckily, David then was like, "Okay, I think we can have Owen out of the car now. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll give him a break." And then, and the guy, oh bless him, in the car because they need to, to still have people in and to set up the shot. So, yeah, I, I thank David. He went with it. He felt your pain. He felt my pain. Yes. <laughs> He's already given me a parasol. I was just like, I can't. I can't I'm giving this guy a hard time already. Let's <laughs> let's not make things work by giving old chatty Kathy uh, for twelve hours. Actually, so now if and I hang out and I, you know, he catches me zoning out and not listening to him, I can just turn around and look at him and go, "Can't you see I'm sleeping?" Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm doing it right now. I, I, talk, I talk in my sleep as well. I don't know if you you know this. <laughs> it's actually I, may, I don't, but yeah. <laughs> um. But, but yeah, what, these scenes were, I like, the biggest achievement as well, which I never thought that I was aiming for, was being a meme. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. that meme, meme of, this is what we do in the, uh, in the FBI, went, went, went viral. And I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm now one with the kids. Yeah. So cool. What is, so what yeah, is it like being picked up? being yeah. part of like this massive 18 hour sort of cultural experience and also being a soundbite as well. What's it like sort of having that level of like perspective where you are both the part of this sprawling thing, but also like something that's imminently recognizable of it, of yourself. How does um, it feel? I, 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 cause I've, I've done very successful shows in the past, but nothing that's ever like had such a following and had such a lead up to it. And I was aware of, especially of the, the Twin Peaks fans, um, but I wasn't, I wasn't aware of the extent of their like knowledge and their immersiveness um, in, in the, the world that David's created. And so when it came out, 
that we, um, all of us, all cast members, didn't know what was going on before, during, and after our storylines. So we were watching it fresh and being as, as excited as the fans were. Um, and then when everything dropped with, like later on in the series, when uh, Agent Wilson got introduced, it was, yeah, it was mind blowing. Like people were messaging me and like people were, were um, saying my lines back to me. And at that point, <laughs> I got my own lines <laughs> <laughs> since we shot it. Um, and and it was also great that people sort of responded so positively about it. And and yeah, it came to a point where things were um, the pace was racking up at that point. The storyline was gaining momentum and uh, and was aiming for you know Kyle's character finally to be um, the the real Cooper. Um, and to be involved in that section of the storyline was kind of magical. Um, it's, it's... And then. We would all get together and watch the episodes together, oh. um, and oh, wow. to and to share the experience with Amy and some of the other cast members was absolutely amazing. Can I? Ask it's funny that? because the first time I saw, because I we didn't know what episodes we were in, no clue. No. So I'd be watching it every week. You know, I went to the premiere and you see the first two episodes, and I'm not in that. And then in three came, wasn't in that. Four came, <laughs> wasn't in that. Then I had to go to London for a couple of weeks and. I my first episode aired and I only knew that because I woke up and Owen sent me a screen grab. He took a photo of it of me. That's the first time I saw what I looked like in it even. And he took this picture of me in the door. I'm walking out the door of the office, I think. And I didn't realize there was a man standing there too because there's just this mystery foot. Whatever way you took it, it's just me. And then you see this like foot sticking out from under my skirt. <laughs> it's like, what is happening there? Can't they superimpose something? I didn't even remember there was someone in the hallway for Can that. I didn't even know what, because some of the scenes I shot as well, they, the editor, like Dwayne Dunham edited it. So he had, I'd met him at the premiere and he told me that he'd taken some of my scenes and put them into other episodes that he just wanted them in. So I, I wasn't sure if it was one of those or what it was. But yeah, that was a funny little thing that happened with you, Owen. Yeah. 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 Owen, and I, I... Dwayne, Dwayne was the one that sort of not, not told us what was, hap was, gonna, was coming our way. Um, mm. But he let loose of like, he gave a little spoilers to Amy, but he um, also said like, my performance was hilarious. And I was like, I don't remember being funny. I thought it was... <laughs> I took it very serious. Um, um, I loved every yeah. boss, and I was tracking down um, Doug, and I was like, "Yes, that's that's my role." So when he was like, yeah. "You were hilarious," I was like, "Oh no, what did I do?" And then obviously looking back, I was like, "Yeah, I'm hilarious." <laughs> Can I, can I ask a question, actually? Because you're talking about how you didn't know what episodes you were in and you appear quite late in the season. Was there ever any fear that maybe you'd been cut entirely? Were you watching it going, am I still in this? Every single day. <laughs> because, um, I, uh, before this, I was in, I was in a, movie, a Disney movie and I took Amy and, and Joe, the casting director, to come oh and see God. advanced screening. And I was like, guys... They've given me tickets. It must mean like all of my stuff is in this. This is great. <laughs> uh, we were watching, watching the movies together in this massive El Capitan Disney theater. And then. I think it's the biggest screen in LA as well. It's like still glee, gleeful and happy. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait for Owen's stuff to come in. And I went, yeah, that was it. That, that was it. <laughs> there was like a really small section of the movie. 
that was was kept in and everything had gone. And looking at them, and I ha- didn't have the heart to say, yeah, that all my stuff is done. Like that, he's, he's, he's time and the end of my character. He's <laughs> died. Um, and so I had a sickening feeling throughout. I knew like only bits of my storyline, like Doug, um, Agent Cooper was in the hospital, and I was like, well, I know that Doug is, is um, to, becomes wakes up and becomes Cooper, like he's out of this world. So that must be the opening of this show. So, <laughs> you and every other I was fan. like, yeah. and I'm going, episode one and two, I was like, okay, yeah, they've set up this world. Cooper comes into like this fantasy bit. After this, episode three, boom, he wakes up in the in the hospital and there I am. And I'm like, nope, nope. And then like, <laughs> and go by 11 episodes go by and we get introduced to Candy, which is amazing. We get have a big party. And then I'm like, Yep, I'm done. This I'm clearly not in this because this is this is all rolling up now and everything is coming together and I'm still not there. <laughs> <laughs> and it then was the, the final, worst yeah, the, final, the final quarter. Um and it was like and also some of the the finest I think I love the entire show regardless. But that final section, like episode 14 and 16 were just like the pace was on Everybody was having their moments. Everything was coming together. The like action sequences, the fant- all the fantasy bits were, were finally making kind of some sort of remnants of sense as well. Um, right. And to be a part of that was just like, oh, I'm glad that I'm in. I'm, I'm again <laughs> now because this is this is brilliant. Yeah, and it it it, it really really did make an, an an impact. You were talking about kind of how kind of mimetic some of the lines is. We we can see some of them come, coming coming oh, coming up in in in, in, in the, the comments on the comments on this live oh. stream. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's and like like with everybody like working with um, Tim Roth and Jennifer Jason Lee was you know on set and James Belushi was on set and you know like having all these phenomenal actors who I'd grown up watching and all being a part of the same sort of um, sequences of actions was just phenomenal. Um, and, and seeing that, like, I, I met the guy that played the Polish um, accountant. Yes. Who does <laughs> I'd met him a couple of times here in LA. Um, and oh. again, he, he didn't really know how much he was, he was only in for a day. Um, <laughs> and, and we didn't know the impact that he was going to have. Cause again, we, Things get edited, things get changed, things get written out, um, and things get improvised and added and all the time. And then to see that full sequence from start to finish was just amazing. Um, and yeah, being in that car, I, I, st- I was in that car watching that entire thing live. Um, and that must it, have been incredible. It was, the the I, action in that scene. And it feels very Lynchian. It's that yeah. kind of sense of kind of Escalating things happening. Darkness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did kind of like entirely kind of hapless sort of accidental like disaster <laughs> and then yeah. like serious consequences. Yeah. A, they, rand- a random man who just happens to live on that street adds yeah. to the momentous, you know, moment in two of the major characters' lives. Yeah, yeah. And then he disappears. <laughs> Never heard from again. And of course, Never. that was all improvised. He just happened to have an Uzi <laughs> on set that day. No. Well, say, actually, saying that on set, so we were, we were actually on, that was a, re- a real residential street. Um, I won't say the location, but right. the, there was somebody in one of the houses and they were, they were kind of like, with, when, when streets are blocked off, 
there, there's some form of compensation so that they can use because it's you know, on their eyes. But one house to film, like secretly to film everything that was going on because they all had to have an NDA to say, like, if you are staying sticking around, you can't say anything. And somebody had set up a camera um, oh. and tried to get involved in the show. Oh, no. And it was a whole, and everybody, you could see everybody whispering and talking to each other and stuff like that. And it, it became a scene within, within itself. And I was like, they should keep this in it. This is, <laughs> it's like, um, what's that movie with, um, oh, that iconic movie when the guy is in uh, the cast and is spying. Rear window. Yes. It, it felt like that. And I was like, this is perfect. Let's do it. All of a sudden, that guy gets a three-episode arc. <laughs> yeah, right? And that's me, that I'm Owen Reese Davis. <laughs> but, no, perfect. And it, it's it's amazing how much of, like, again, it, it's three episodes. It is on paper a relatively minor part, but because it's so well-realized and so well-brought to life and because there's so much in it, in large part due to, you know, the script the improvisation, but also your performance, it's amazing that it's become kind of a thing that it's like how does it feel to be to be a meme you've talked you, you joked earlier that you like you you weren't expecting it <laughs> how how is it i mean we've been on the chat and we've been talking I'm and your lines back to you. yeah how does it feel to be a meme between my friends because to be fair like i'm not i wasn't very good at social media i still really uh i'm not um because i feel like no like i don't really have like, I can be funny and, and observant and things like that, but I feel like, oh, nobody really cares about what I have to say. And then suddenly Twin Peaks came out and and Twin, the, like Showtime created the meme. And I was like, <laughs> oh, God. It put it up on like, And I've not stopped talking about it since. Like, it's been over a year now. And my friends, <laughs> the friends kind of had to have, like, an intervention going, we are all aware that you're in Twin Peaks. We are very proud of you. Uh, big achievement um, but you're going to have to stop uh, and I won't until until in something else that also makes me a meme so but uh, yeah I am a meme and I am proud and all we have to say to that is oh I'm sleeping and I'm sleeping right now. <laughs> with the silence um, no but yeah I've, I've like I've retweeted I've kept it um, I sent it to my mum she had no idea what it was <laughs> and uh, it will for, it will forever go in my you know my lifelong collection, um, and it's on my hard drive, so it will never disappear. Permanently stored. Yeah, yeah. You can't be depending on that link to always <laughs> yeah. stay up. Yeah, yeah. Um, the internet is written in pencil. Um, but no, um, thank you very much for for joining us, guys. Actually, and thank you very much for your time. It's been absolutely yeah. amazing. Thanks for having us. Um, what we do is, and again, because you're your guests and because you're on the show, you can choose not to answer this question if you want to. All right, so just don't feel obligated to do it. But we've been doing as Next. a thing. I know, no pressure whatsoever. Um, <laughs> not at all ominous. Um, but as a thing, as we've been asking people, we've been having them on the show, we've been asking them what Twin Peaks is about for them, what it means to them. What is Twin Peaks for you? Because it's something like a, you know, it's kaleidoscopic. You can sort of look at it and it can be different things to different people. What do you take away from it? What do you love about it? What, what is it, like, when you think about Twin Peaks, what do you think about? Well, for me, I, like, Amy's, like, paused there for a second. She literally, the fear in her eyes. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is Dar- this is something that Darren delights in. He, he asks it, like for every movie we cover, we have a guest on, and even I, I think even if they know it's coming, it's kind of yeah. at, at a certain point it's so ominous. It's like so. What is <laughs> Twin Peaks about for well, you? And it's it's ask. like all of the other lights in the room have gone out, and it's there's just, just a spotlight yeah, on your yeah. face. Um, no, and no, no. some threatening form of James <laughs> Lipton. Because this is just... for charity, and because you guys are giving your time, you have the option not to answer. Um, <laughs> Andrew doesn't normally get that privilege. Yeah. Uh, but this, as in, this questions come up like in various different forms um, over the year, and it's and it my answer changes just because the the show changes every time you watch it um and new perspectives on it and so the one thing that i will always say like being working on it and enjoying it and watching it it's just it truly shows sort of the magic of storytelling because you the beauty of david of david lynch and the beauty of twin peaks is you don't know what's coming and you can't predict anything and you just literally have to sit back and enjoy it. Um, and for that, after watching, especially this season, um, and watching it fresh and new and as as anybody else has been watching it, I've been, I've taken that into watching other new shows and actually sitting back and just enjoying it rather than ripping it to pieces and, and trying, to, um, trying to put my own view on it um and just let it be and let, let experience um the magic of of filmmaking and tv and um and i can't thank david enough for allowing me to be a part of it um and yeah i have rambled on but that's <laughs> no 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 it, that's perfect. thank you and amy you don't have to answer it <laughs> but now I, you're under pressure yeah, though. Yeah. <laughs> you will be graded. Um. um I think it is a gift. I think if you're a person who has 18 hours to watch that, you're already a privileged person who has 18 hours to watch someone else's gift of art. I think any television show that interests you that is creative or educational, fun, sad. It's funny, like I thought about it recently. It's funny how we go to the movies or pay for television and pay to feel terrible emotions sometimes. Like we'll pay to go and see yeah. something that frightens us or that makes us sad or makes yeah. us think or and makes us happy. It's, it's a, a funny, wonderful it's thing to have, whether it's Twin Peaks or some other show or TV or art. I just think it's a gift that we should cherish. We're very lucky people that we get to watch these things and we have this technology around us and we can watch it on so many platforms i know david would hate you to watch it on a phone or an airplane <laughs> television it was made for the big screen i think really yeah but actually they had it on moma didn't they for a week they did indeed they had they had a three-night screening of it where this is yeah. like is it a movie it's a three-part movie and they screened it in three blocks over three nights which was something to behold i do, i do love that yeah. cut of like an iphone commercial where david lynch is it's made to look like an iphone commercial but david lynch is just talking about how she like Hello. the experience of, of watching yeah. a movie on your phone is yeah. no it's like angers him to no end. yeah but he also, he, every time we watched it as a group, he always sent a message saying, watch yeah. it watch it with the best sound system or like on loud 
And if you can't, mm. wear earphones that can amplify uh, the sound. He had layered so many things in the background that adds to every single scene. The soundscape on on Twin Peaks is phenomenal, um, especially episode eight, which is a, a, a movie within itself um, about the exploration of the birth of evil. That's how I, that's, <laughs> I'm not putting on anybody else. That's how I thought of it. Um, but, and it spoiler. Uh, but if you don't listen to it like as it's supposed to i wish i saw episode eight in the movie in this movie theater that would have been phenomenal because it was like a silent movie for most of it and without listening to all of the intricate um sound design that was that was created you're, you're missing out it's funny you should go off on that tangent, Owen, because my pal has just walked into the room here and he's fast. We were just talking about episode eight a minute ago, and he's actually directing a movie and is very fascinated by sound and its involvement in film because he wants to do that in his own. Would you like to introduce yourself there to the guys in the podcast? Hey, guys. How's Hello. Going? Hello. Hello. What's up, bud? I was just on episode. Your name? My name's Carrie. Come on, Dragon. Um, yeah, I was just on uh, episode eight when I when I saw Amy this morning, and I was saying literally the exact same thing about the soundscape and how I was using it as a reference for 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 the sound team that's working with me right now. So that was funny. Yeah, amazing. Kindred spirits on that one, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's in post production for his. Is it your feature debut? Yeah, first first feature that I wrote and directed. So now we're in the sort of last part of the post production of it, and it's cool. Yeah. What's it called? It's called Tiger Tiger. Ooh, Tiger Tiger. Yeah, it's got oh. a, uh, it's very. And he's also wearing uh, a tiger right now. I know. Well, this, one, <laughs> the, this is funny. This is one a tiger t shirt for listeners, um, in case you have a, mental, a different mental image. <laughs> it doesn't look like this in the phone, but this was like one of the extra ones that we're like, all right, if these shirts all get destroyed, then this one will be the back. It's like the backup, backup, backup one. So, uh, yeah, I have a lot of tiger t shirts now. Um, but, well, I better yeah. I better get a T-shirt. Out of I know one. I gotta get a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're the they're the best. They're like bleached and like oh, yeah. ran in the dirt because that was like the style of it. Amazing. So, yeah. I love bleached dyed T-shirts that have been run into the dirt <laughs> with tigers on them. Yeah, it, as I said, we were we did we were in the group meditation at the David Lynch Foundation this morning. We're in a, one of the rooms right now. Um, talking to you guys, which is quite nice. I thought it'd be a good place wow. to, to talk to you guys, bring yeah, the good. Yeah, no, the that, good that, yeah. Uh, that's so that's perfect. Nice the yeah, thanks for the invite for that. I mean, but it's like you're there. The beauty of technology. I introduced you to the show for God's sake. I mean, could you <laughs> just take, take, take? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I do. I believe, and I also the other thing I think with doing tm i feel that the move like the movie of twin peaks the return is very much like transcendental meditation in a way and i can see where the two merge now and watching it with that in the back of my mind is useful as well it's just a, again it comes down for me thinking of it as a gift that you're getting to watch these things and letting someone else's art take you on a journey and as i said like whether it's twin peaks or it's something else I think Twin Peaks does it better than a lot, but any art that you can sit down and watch and give your time to and switch off your phone and just connect with something, I think it's a wonderful thing. I'm not a very outdoorsy person, so for me, it's nice. <laughs> Some people like to go out and connect with nature. To hell with that. 
connecting the television. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you very much, guys. <laughs> the connection from Red Room. But thank you very much, guys, for your time. It's been an absolute thank pleasure. You. Um, and and I hope you get to connect with the other guys. Oh, hopefully. Well, we'll we'll know through the night. Again, this is sort of like the, the weird, almost improvisational episode. They don't know if they're on this show yet. Um, <laughs> right? Yes. All right. Thanks. For charity. I hope you raise lots of money and lots of awareness. Perfect. Thank you yes. so much. Fantastic, fantastic idea. Good luck with the 18 hours. Um, <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. I'm grateful for all the money. Great charity. I, I may have already eaten too much cherry pie. <laughs> the baker <laughs> gave a warning about what happens when you eat too many cherries. I can sandwich it slightly, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and some some donuts. They're sending them in David's favorite cronuts. Cronuts? Ooh, where yeah. can we get cronuts in Dublin? There's a place on George's <laughs> Street, but they're not a sponsor. <laughs> no, <All right>. no. <laughs> they should <laughs> be. All right, take these. Thanks well, again, go guys. Ne- go out to my nephew's restaurant in Malahide. Go out to Deja Vu. Ooh. They'll look after you. Oh, they do some amazing croissants out there. Thank you very much. They're baked nice. goods. Nice part of the world as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Congratulations. Yeah, let's plug yeah. there. Today's be best French toast in Ireland. Mention your name and get a discount, is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell like him you... he sent you in. <laughs> Blacklisted. Feel like you may <laughs> overestimate the reach of this podcast. Malahide Tastemakers 2019. Um, thank you very much, guys. Cheers. Thanks, William. Lots of love. Best of luck. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye. 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 <laughs>